episode 106 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined as always by the last man on the moon, a Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. I almost stumbled over your name there. Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. It's been about look, 105 episodes look, and I haven't forgotten your name Last is once. just as good as first, right? I mean, that... Um, look, I, I, I met Neil Armstrong. I saw him, I punched him in the nuts just because it just seemed to be the thing to do in the 70s. He's tough, he can take it. He's been back for a while, you know. How are those moon rocks, buddy? Punch me in the nuts. I've been on the moon too. And you know what I bought back? That's what he calls his balls, his moon rocks. <laughs> well, look, there are so few people that you can actually say have moon rocks. Like that guy's got fucking moon rocks. You want to you punch those fucking things, you know? Uh, actually, Neil Armstrong was was a, a very proficient, uh, very intelligent, but very boring individual. He was your everyman. <laughs> he really, they really want, was. They don't want zany characters on the. I don't know if this will upset no, you. I see. Like, want... was probably the most the zaniest character they had up there. <laughs> he's pretty. He's pretty zany. They don't want goofballs on the, on the rocket. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not conducive to completing the mission to have like a, a jokester. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have like a straight man, and you, and the comedy man. You, yeah. You know, um, it's 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 a pretty straight man crew. But Buzz was a little weird. <laughs> but I digress. I digress. Uh, being being the last man on the moon was uh, was pretty good. Hell of a time. Well, look, I um. They say you shouldn't take your space suit off when you're up there, but I mooned everyone. I mooned everyone from the moon. I'm a moony moon. I mooned everyone from the moon. So I'm a moon mooner. I think that's what they call a cosmic moon. <laughs> a cosmic moon. During, like during a, an eclipse, it would have been a half moon moon, making it a full moon. You're like a nuclear wedgie. Well, this is some sort of. <laughs> this is some I was drinking moonshine up there as well. So it was a. Orbital was a moon mooner. Orbital mooning. <laughs> Orbital Mooning. That'd be a great name for a band. <laughs> that should be our band name. You and I. We'll go on tour. Neither of us can. Uh, what musical can ability sing. do we have? Okay. I, neither um, of us can sing. Oh, you so. can play the euphonium. Everyone, <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Rob can play the euphonium. All right, so if you don't know what a euphonium is, don't bother looking it up. It's not a very good yeah. instrument. Don't worry, I see. Hey, I got it. It's okay. I'll play the euphonium I'll, and yep. I'll be like the band. And you'll be yep. the singer, but don't worry. I know you can't sing, but don't worry. Because we can just use like auto-tuning, like everyone does these days, and make you sound like like scarily good at singing. Um, well, let's just just make me sound like Cher. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe in love? That's right. That's you get it. We'll go for that. We'll go basically and put me the euphonium in the background going boom, 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 boom. Do you believe in love? I used to be able to play the trombone, so I am a tromboner. 
<laughs> you do. That's right. I was telling Ruby mm-hmm. this. I don't know why it came up. There was like, there was someone on TV that was like doing different instruments, and I, and um, and I was like, you know, Andrew, Uncle AC can play one of those. <laughs> I think the the technical term is actually trombonist, but trombona is just so fun, so much funnier. <laughs> hey. I mean, you just go up to people in the park and open your trench coat mm-hmm. and you've just got a trombone and you go, hey, baby, you want to see my tromboner? <laughs> That's definitely a crime. That's definitely... <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a crime to decency and a crime to music. It's something. Like, the police will be like, I don't know, I'm going to arrest you and figure out what you've done later. But there's definitely something in this book that you've done. I don't know what it is yet. Yep. <laughs> that, is, that is definitely something I would have done. Oh, man. Don't go to the park okay, so- with these guys around, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> might have a- stay, out of, stay out of the lower brass section yeah. of the park, if you know what I mean. Have a cultural experience of your lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Are All you right. practicing there, young AC? Don't worry, I'm boning up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I actually saw like a you. You uh, okay? Used um, in quotation marks trombone without the mouthpiece, and that's obviously the important part of how you play a trombone. I like the Green Shed store, and we were about to go into lockdown. I think they just announced the lockdown, and I looked at that thing and I went, "Oh fuck, I could buy a trombone." <laughs> I didn't buy it, of course, but I was there was this part of my brain that went, "You could buy this." You could buy this and like get the mouthpiece online and then you could start practicing the trombone again. And I didn't buy it. And I think my family would be very glad that I did not buy that trombone. There's like a branching path of like this game of your life where like you just become really into the trombone and then like join like a fucking brass band and like tour Australia or something. <laughs> over 50s, like I'm over marching 40. band tour. I'll, I'll be, we'll be the Dixieland dickheads. <laughs> just you with like a straw hat and like little suspenders and like a. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think I still it. remember the positions because like the notes would be like, um, like first, right. second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, yeah. and sixth. You don't have buttons like my euphonium. My euphonium yeah. phone- had buttons, so I could just be like, well, I just press the buttons and it changes the sound. But you it have does. to like learn like the. You have to do the slide doodle, as I call it. The slide doodle. <laughs> the technical term. The slidey doodle. speed, little doodle. Boop, 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 boop. I, do, I do kind of wonder after all of these years, and, and listeners at home, you'll have to remember, it has been over 22, 23, 24 years since I've played the trombone, whether I could still get a decent sound out of that thing. Mm. I probably couldn't get a decent sound out of it Back in the day? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I don't remember our school band performances being particularly, you know, solid. <laughs> um, they were very much on the, like, the Springfield Elementary from the Simpsons kind of yeah, level. It's really... <laughs> <laughs> and that was our national anthem, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God. In case you couldn't tell. It was bad. It was really bad. We were really I don't bad. think we ever did anything good in that school, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we left it. That was the best thing we did. <laughs> I, 
we left it we left it at such high speeds high velocity we we just shot out of taylor primary like a a bullet out of a gun and that brings us and a fantastic segue to our featured game which is f zero x no f zero g f zero g x the g stands for good and the x stands for excellent game <laughs> you're fired So we're talking about not F-Zero. That's a different game. That's yep. a completely different game. Don't just get erase that game from your mind. It's F-Zero GX. This is GX. a different... And this is not game. F-Zero X, which was for the Nintendo 64. This no, is F-Zero that GX. That's right. Which is similar, but better. Yes. It's for... Better sound. Better What's... tracks. Better, better. <laughs> because it, you know what makes it so good? The fact that it wasn't on the Nintendo fucking 64. Mm-hmm. That's what makes F-Zero GX. It means the G stands for good fucking buy Nintendo 64. We hate you, X. The X is like a kiss mark at the end. It was that. always like a, a selling point on the back of every GameCube game. It was like a little tick, a little tick mark beside it, you know, like a bullet point. It was like, yeah, welcome not, to the not, not the on Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Tick. <laughs> it's like, you know, good sound, tick. <laughs> Two players. I can, I can imagine you like having one of those tiny mini discs. Yeah. Uh, mini like DVDs and just trying to shove it into a Nintendo 64. Oh, <laughs> uh, the GameCube. It was a beautiful so, era. Uh, it was a beautiful era of hope for Nintendo. They well, were- kind of not. <laughs> kind of. The GameCube is, is a weird era. It is one. I don't know if you'd call it successful. No. No, they they lent into that. I mean, I said hope because like that's hopes for Dash, but (laughs) yeah, but the the GameCube is a very weird era. It's a a it's a wonderful thing though. Like I appreciate that it exists, and I think like Mm. it's it's unique. It they to their credit they tried to do something very different, and it didn't work out. But it did work out next time with the Wii. So, you know, um, they take gambles and sometimes the gambles don't pay off. Like the GameCube um, was an interesting strategic move for Nintendo where they, they saw what was happening with the PlayStation and they saw what happened with um, Sega, you know, and they tried to kind of make a, like an intelligent what they thought was an intelligent sort of strategic move with, with the GameCube kind of, because it wasn't exactly like, a poor it wasn't like a weak system in terms of its graphical output really was it um no so i think uh there was always rumors because that the um we're recording video by the way joe <laughs> welcome to the internet i should have put a sign up that says like internet inside i thought it was audio it's like intel inside except it's more pervy we don't have to put the video. I'm like, I, I may not even bother putting the video up, to be honest with you. I think we should put the video up because I've got props. See, look, I've got a, I've got a prop here. Oh, I've got... I just to uh, anyway. You look fine, Joe. There is a dog in the corner. Yeah. As well. so the dog sense. is awesome. We'll, we'll talk about that during the game live segment. Dog, there's spoilers. Spoilers. Dog spoilers. Um, <laughs> so, look, the GameCube was kind of actually... 
it's difficult to say, but it's not as underpowered as people think. In fact, it might actually be the most powerful system of that era in some capacity. Um, like the, the, the PS2 launched first and obviously the most successful. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then the the Xbox launched, like the, the brand launched with the original Xbox, which mm-hmm. was the size of a fucking car. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the GameCube also launched and it had a handle and was quite small. So people think, oh, it's just a diminished, like they're finally using optical discs, but it's obviously not as powerful. And that's actually not true. Yeah. Like the GameCube was actually pretty powerful. It packed quite the mighty wallop. Yeah. However, what hamstrung it was two things. Three things. Number one, uh, no, like it lacked the third party support that the PS2 did because the mm. PS2 uh, was going on in leaps and bounds. Number two, the optical drive was not DVD compatible because they were using a completely different format. That's right. Of like mini DVD discs. So some. Right. Yeah. games had to come on two or three or even four discs. Yeah. I don't think there are actually many four-disc games, but there were some that were like coming on two discs. That's interesting. I didn't know that they had to use multiple discs. Mm. Um, but it's obviously that's a selling point for the PS2. It does happen. Because that was yeah. always a selling point with the PlayStation that remain. it remains that way to this day that you can mm. sort of just stick a disc in it and play. I mean, I'm not sure about... Well, actually, I'm not sure if that's true, but, but like certainly for a while there, that was still a selling point that you could just you know watch your dvds and blu-rays and whatever on the on the console as well as as well as um play games um probably cost them a few sales as well um weirdly you could watch dvd on the xbox as well however you needed a special remote to be able to do that and that's where they got the licensing fee to Sony. Like you mm. can watch DVDs, but our remote control is so expensive mm. because that's where the license to activate the DVD lies right? Yeah, in yeah. the remote to watch DVDs. It's it's a very complicated generation that, so uh, and yeah. yeah uh, and, and, and to be honest, Nintendo was still working out what an optical drive means, how it works. They were so afraid of piracy that they had these like stupid like smaller discs and like the, the GameCube was smaller and mm. looked cool for cool as a like a a non-cubular cube could look. But honestly, <laughs> like I had a lot of fun during that generation. Mm. While it was that generation, I played the GameCube more than any other console because friend of the show, uh Elchan, mm. uh, had mm. a GameCube while we were living together and we played a lot of games together. See, that's the thing is that like, yeah, it was the kind of the black sheep of that generation, you know, and not a lot of people had a GameCube. It was like uh, a dark time for Nintendo for a little while there because, yeah, it's, yeah, they, they were a victim of, people misunderstood what they were trying to do. I think it looked, for better or worse, childish with this colourful kind of design yeah. and the handle and everything and, um. And I think for that reason, people assumed that it was, you know, yeah, like just a toy in comparison to like the Xbox or the, the PlayStation, you know? Well, um, even even when they had a pretty powerful console in the GameCube, like they lacked the, the third-party support because Nintendo, just two generations before, had been complete dicks 
mm. about licensing and like you know paying for your cartridges and all that kind of shit to third parties which is why all of these third parties abandoned them and went to the playstation and yeah. then they stayed at playstation because their terms were better <clears throat> and nintendo still had probably the best first party games in fact almost definitely mm. but you know few and far between really especially yeah. with the, the cost and time of development you know i mean and like to that point the game we're talking about today is a first party game like the best the best games on the gamecube are the ones everyone remembers are the first party games i don't yeah, know definitely. i don't know that i don't know that they're a great deal of memorable i might be saying something that's going to anger a lot of people but certainly to my mind when i think of good gamecube games i immediately think of like wind waker and then i think of like games like well this one that we're going to talk about today and like some fighting games. i suppose there's some fighting games and things on the gamecube that were pretty cool and- uh melee uh smash brothers melee yeah again that's, that's a, that's, that is still popular to this day but it's a very though, right? popularity that's still, that's still first party though right like nintendo it is, yeah. yeah so i can't i have a whole bunch of gamecube games behind me up there um yeah. I could probably skip over there and show them, but I say over there. Like we're recording this. Um, just uh, just a heads up. We're recording this in over Zoom on audio and video. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Rob is very pensive about putting the video up because he's a little dick. But I um, am one hundred percent in favor of putting the video up because I have props. There's a great deal of effort. There's a huge. There's a great a deal of, of effort. A lot of special effects that were employed. A lot. Yeah. I'm actually recording this in the games room today, so that's right. I'm actually I'm actually in Antarctica. This is just a green screen. <laughs> a green screen me. of your house. That's right. While you're recording from Antarctica makes yeah. perfect sense. And I'm really cold so, right now, but I want to maintain the illusion that I'm inside a suburban house in spring. I, I know for a fact you're wearing shorts. How do you know that? In fact, I'm probably lucky you're wearing <laughs> pants. How do you know that? You just didn't psychically know that I'm wearing shorts. Or did you see me when I stood up for a moment? I saw you when you stood up to go get chips. Ah, okay. Yep. Well, it'll be a safe bet either way. <laughs> so F0X, uh, sorry, F0GX is a 2003, so mm-hmm. not the earliest in the GameCube. I think GameCube was 2001. Uh, developed by Amusement Vision and published by Nintendo for the GameCube consoles. Uh, it Look, this is not the most prolific mm. uh, F-Zero game because there are F-Zeros on other systems. This, yeah. however, I think is the pinnacle of the, uh, the F-Zero series mm. in all the ones that I've played. So a little bit of a history lesson. F-Zero started on the... Super Nintendo. On right? the... Super Nintendo. Um, it was one of the original games um, for the Super Nintendo's close, if not a launch title, mm. uh, that really showed off its F. Uh, sorry, uh, not F Zero. Uh, mode, mode Seven. Zero. Mode Seven. That's it. Sorry, Mode, mode Zero. Seven. Mode Seven. So basically, yeah. Mode Seven is basically creating uh, a bitmap like an image, and then kind of stretching it on its side to make it look like it is a a background. Then you can kind of rotate um, that was... flat plane. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were no two players uh, on the original F Zero. It was a one player at a time, but it was incredibly fast uh, and incredibly. Uh, it was a pretty difficult game. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, and graphically and was, for the time, really impressive because yeah. of that fake three D look of the Mode Seven um, was something that people just didn't think you could really achieve on a home video game 
console. So it was really cool to see like, wow, look at that. That looks, that looks like 3D. It's not exactly 3D, but because it's sprites on this rotating sort of, well, the, the thing that is 3D is this flat plane that rotates. Yeah. Um, and that's where the level is sort of drawn onto it. And then everything else is sprites, but it looks, um, it looks a, a bit like 3D. And um, the, uh, the illusion of 3D. The, the other game that very famously used this was Mario Kart, which has a much more storied history to it. F Zero, I suppose, is more of a, you know, like not quite as famous, I guess. But mm-hmm. but but it was. I think it came out first. That's right. It came out before Mario Kart, at it least did, in the West. Did, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm, maybe in Japan as well. Yes, it did. I, I'm pretty pretty look sure. that up because I'm just because I have the I have the benefit of a computer in front of I'm me. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> according to the history in my head, yes, that is true. I think people were complaining that F Zero didn't have two players, uh, and then they created Mario Kart, which was slower but did have two players. Yeah, that's right. That's how the history goes in my head. Um, um, and then they did uh, F Zero X for the Nintendo sixty four. Which was uh, compl- pretty much completely polygonal and, and still quite fast. I think they actually had an F Zero X for the um, oh for the N sixty four DD, which basically had a track editor where you could create your own tracks. Which is the the disk drive which was only ever sold in Japan for the Nintendo sixty four, and this was basically an upgrade. Uh, F0GX was an upgrade of that one for the GameCube with with better better graphics, better sound. Um, and I think this is probably the like I've never been a really big fan of F0. I've played mm-hmm. it enough. There was also yeah. a GBA game as well which was similar to the um, of course to the uh, the SNES version. Um, but this is the game that I, I heard was really sought after. So when I came across it in Japan, I picked it up. And even in Japan, it was a bit more expensive than normal. Um, but I picked it up anyway, and I'm so glad I did because you and I mm. uh, spent a good two hours playing a lot of this game on the projector. Yeah. <laughs> which is actually behind me right you. now. Yeah, right there. In my games room. Yeah, that was a fun a fun evening, and like, yeah. So spoilers for our review of this game, but we had fun playing it. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a very like. I think what I was impressed by was that I kind of got what they were going for with F Zero all along, like what they tried to do because like the the idea of the game very simply is like it's a futuristic racing game, you know, where you're flying these like, you're sort of almost flying like a rocket ship down a down this like yeah it's it's meant to be a hover car but it goes so fast it probably doesn't matter (laughs) yeah they're like they're like little spaceships little hover car things like they're just yeah these futuristic machines that you're flying down these like through like these cities you know um futuristic sort of um landscapes and in the first game it was very fast like that's one thing that stood out when you play it if you're used to mario kart and you play f-zero you'll be like whoa when you play F Zero on the on the SNES, it's like difficult to control. It's very fast, and you have to get used to that that speed. And um, you know, different iterations of the game kind of kept kept that going. But I think what you see in in the GX is like they've 
given you, uh, I, I guess the system, the, the technology is ready to kind of give you the experience they always wanted to give you. So it feels yeah. really fast, really adrenaline pumping, but you're not overwhelmed by it. And it's not difficult. It's not, it's not fiddly and difficult in the way that it was on the SNES. Um, I feel like that with the, you know, the way they do it on the, on, on the, um, on the GameCube, it just, it just becomes, think, you really kind of see the vision they were going for about this sort of yeah, really adrenaline pumping fast game. There is still a level of difficulty and, mm. and a greater level of finesse to it, but Mm. They were able to actually get the controls right this yeah. time. They were able to match everything up, which I don't think they could really do with the other consoles. Like people love F Zero, and it is a particularly difficult game to master. Uh, like you and I played uh, a lot of the one-player ones. We we went through most of the maps that we had available to us, like yeah. eight or nine maps or something like that, and we and we went through them, and we actually. <sighs> When we learned the courses, and a lot of F Zero is memorization, yeah, uh, is about like memorizing the course, where they go up, where they go down. They have tubes, you know, like which way you're facing and stuff like that. And then after you've played the course a few times, you go, okay, I know what to do. And then you and I, like, we was we were get like getting twentieth place or fifteenth place, and we started like actually ranking at like fifth and then fourth and third. Yeah, and we even got a couple of firsts. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we were able to memorize the track, memorize like how people were using boost and speed and stuff like that. Getting used to the controls. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good thing. This isn't a game that you just go into and go, I'm great at this. I master it. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of factors that need to to come in together. And I think this, this game really combined a lot of that. That being said, there are a lot of complaints online and memes about how difficult the story mode is. Right, After okay. you get into particularly chapter seven. Okay. So this is something I'm not aware of being just mm. like, just coming into the game, like completely fresh, I guess. Um, and to be fair, you and I probably are not going to play the story mode to this point, And we no. didn't, we just wanted to race and have fun. Like uh, there was no way that we were going to like get good enough at this game um, and complete it to a level where we both could. And now that I think about it, you and I did play the two-player mode. Yeah, that's right. So we were uh, kind of like playing like a sort of a... like Split a, screen. You know, yeah, so we weren't really playing through the... The story, no, no. The story. We, we so- were playing level by level, life by life at first, and then we figured out, it took us a little while, how to figure out, uh, because I'm, I've got the Japanese version and one of my controllers wasn't working, Mm. Uh, to play the two-player mode, and the split screen is kind of a um, a vertical affair, I think, mm. Mm. Uh, and which makes sense because like the the, the track goes up and down, and uh, you kind of need to see what's coming up on a vertical level to go left or right, which doesn't sound right when you say it out loud, but when you when you uh, actually play the game, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. But it's it's just a really spectacular experience, honestly. Like um, the, the 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 thing that really impresses you when you're playing the game is just like audio visual overload and like how mm. fast it is, and like it's very arcadey feeling. But also, like there is skill, and like you said, like the heart, it's difficult to master. So you have to. But when you after you've played it for a while, you feel you can feel yourself getting better at it, which is like the hallmark of a good game, I think. Like yeah. a good difficulty curve anyway. Um, but yeah, like 
just really fucking cool game you know like i can't express that enough like when you play it it's just like this is damn rad and like this there's this pumping music and everything you, you just you really feel the speed the sense of speed the sense of like being it's always like it's very dangerous how fast you're going i guess like and that that feeling is like really exciting and you yeah. overshoot a lot you'll just suddenly careen off the track you go <laughs> what the <laughs> I didn't see a turn there. It's, it's like cool. you know because you haven't memorized the track yet. When you yeah. kind of you know there's a turn, and then you'll suddenly you'll you'll lean into it really really quickly. And it's worth pointing out that this is a buttery smooth like sixty frames a second. Or yeah, 30 it's frames gorgeous. A second. That was one thing that it, really impressed me. Mm. So smooth that I I could not see the frame rate, um, like the juddering frame rate, no matter how fast you were going on a projector. Uh, and and that really says something. Yeah, it's just a beautiful experience. That yeah, that high frame rate. I was really impressed by. So it is a really fun game to like dip into and mess around with, um, yeah. because of just how impressive looking it is. But I can understand how someone, I, I, because I haven't played through, I, I have to take that on faith that perhaps the single player might be irritating or difficult. I can't say, but. Certainly, if you want just to mess around with it for a little while, it's a very cool and impressive experience um, and really does. Yeah, it's just, it's just impressive, I guess. <laughs> they keep coming back to that word. Um, there are similar no, games it, like it Wipeout, really you know, that like try to do this, like Wipeout on the yeah. PlayStation. And there's a long series of Wipeout games, which are pretty, pretty cool games as well that are like a futuristic racing game where you fly these hovercraft things through the sky mm. and like, cities and techno music and all you know the whole thing um but f-zero gx does it better i think and like it just feels just really rad <laughs> that's all i can say yeah, it's a very crude a review word. from me but yeah it just feels rad yeah so and yeah. that's part of the um part of the appeal to this it, it really captured a moment in time uh the music in particular um, and a lot of people aren't going to get this, but it's it's very Batman Beyond, kind of like this uh, like futuristic techno, but still like it, it's not like a repeated beat over and over and over again. It's like there's a tune to it and it's got a futuristic feel to it. Mm. Uh, and the, the music plays a big role in this because it, it just sounds so cool, uh, but so early 2000s. The very early 2000s kind of sound to this. Um, yeah. <laughs> the visuals were smooth. Everything was just very, it just felt right. And I've played a lot of uh, a lot of the Wipeout games. Uh, in fact, I think the last one I played was probably a, a PSP version. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, and I, I've played some of the other ones. I think I have a PS2 version of Wipeout or a PS1 version as well. Anyway, I've played a lot over the years and I've always found those games enjoyable uh, and the F-Zero games less so until I played F-Zero GX. Yeah. When I played yes. that one, it was leaps and bounds ahead of any other Wipeout game that I played. Yeah, that was my experience too. I never really liked... games were kind of below the Wipeout, but this one was just... Oh, it was just such an enjoyable experience. So I don't probably don't even need to ask this, but Rob, how would you rate this game? Would you is it a player or not play? Yeah, I recommend it definitely. Like if you have a GameCube or you have like the ability to play the game some other way. Um, because there are arcades and God knows what people in emulators are doing these days. But um 
I would definitely recommend checking it out because it is a very cool thing. Um, if you like arcadey racing games, like I do, like I prefer my I, I prefer my racing games arcadey. I see. Um, uh, I don't like realistic ones. I like ones that are just cool and make you feel like you're having a a fun racing time, even if it's actually all smokes and mirrors. And this is the kind of in that genre more. Um, and it's yeah. it's really really fun. Um, and yeah, like for someone, I've been a big Wipeout fan for a long time. Like Wipeout was one of my favorite games to to play on the PlayStation Two, and um, uh, yeah, to to see this game and be like, damn man, this is actually like heaps better. <laughs> um, and to have to admit, like I have to sort of take, I have to sort of give it, give the crown to to, to this game as like the like the, the most fun futuristic racer that I've played to date. Um, so yeah. I give it a hearty recommendation. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, AC, I assume you're, you're not going to differ from me too greatly. No, um, I, I think I think this is one of those games that I saw someone do on a YouTube video uh, and just say, look, if you see this game, pick it up. And I went, yeah, I'll write it down. And then I picked it up and then I played it and then I went, holy shit, this is a lot of fun. And I, I need to specify that I'm not good at this game. Uh no, it's pretty challenging. Like to be honest with it's you, it's very is... challenging. Yeah. Um, and I and it wasn't made and didn't, although it reviewed well, it wasn't picked up by consumers a lot. So this game, I don't think, is rare, but it is a little uncommon. Uh, and people uh, in the past uh, ten years, especially mm. since retro gaming has picked up and the GameCube is now officially retro. Yeah, uh, along with PS2 and, and original Xbox. The weird thought. Uh, Here it is. People yeah. are saying, "Hang on a minute, this was like they haven't made a, an F Zero X since that particular generation, really." Mm. Uh, and then people go, "Holy shit, that last GameCube was everything we ever wanted out of an F Zero game, and now we can't get it because everyone wants it, and it was kind of uncommon." Yeah, or at least like everyone picked it up who wanted to pick it up. So this game actually goes for quite a lot of money online. If you ever see it in the wild, just pick it up, even if you don't have the system. Uh, <laughs> I, picked it, I picked up the Japanese version. The Japanese version is fine to fumble your way through. I know Japanese enough that I can actually make menus happen and stuff like that. Turns out my problem was the controller problem because we over here at uh, Chateau Le Yoshimura use Wavebirds. <laughs> That's the stupidest for our primary problem. Silly name. And my wave, one of my wave birds wasn't working correctly. And I was like, going, why the fuck isn't this working? Oh, this fucking shitty game. And it wasn't actually my controller's fault. But yes. Your bird wasn't working. The, oh, I got a story about a wave bird as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, if you even have the opportunity to play this game and mm. you don't even like F Zero games, I recommend playing it just because it's fun and the music is good. And the frame rate is good and it's so responsive and the controls just work so well. And this is the pinnacle of F-Zero games. Mm. Even if they just released this game on the Switch and just put like competitive online uh, and Nintendo does shit online, but like online multiplayer, quote unquote, um, through Nintendo Online, this would sell gangbusters, I reckon, just because it's just so fun. Yeah. yeah. It's just such a good time. So it's a, a very hearty recommendation for me as well. 
Cool. All right. Well, thanks very much. Let's move on, shall we? We got a we got ourselves a game, Life Segamonte. So, Robbie, what have you been doing with your so-called life? Oh, not much. And your so-called fiance. Pretty much nothing. Who is basically your so-called life. It's been very uneventful. So-called life and a so-called wife. Yeah, it's all fake. <laughs> you say That's it's what uneventful. lockdown does to someone. <laughs> you say it's been uneventful, but it's actually been very eventful considering we haven't been allowed to leave our house for we've, six weeks. We've managed to weeks. cram in some, some drama, even though... We've been locked in our house, so that's good. Yeah. Okay, I'm just I'm just going <clears> to <throat> guess. Um, so, for, okay, two things. Number one, um, for those who are unaware, the lovely Joe has joined us for the Game Life segment. That's right. Because she, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll play some like coming a popular staple of our podcast. Yeah, and I heard you uh, were trying to start beef last week with a no. Well, last two months ago, sure. Uh, and number two, uh, live in the illusion that we do this every week. All of this drama that's been happening recently, I'm guessing it's a meth lab. Oh, that's a secret I'll never tell. Ixnay <laughs> on the drug lab, nay. They do a good big lab. <laughs> the secret ingredient to our meth is actually cinnamon. Yeah. It turns out that that's what happens if you leave us in lockdown for more than a couple of weeks, is that we just start cooking meth. No, instead of cooking meth- methamphetamine, we decided to get a puppy. <laughs> so, which is, that's I'm probably... not sure which is the better there, you know. Like, Here he there's is. Methamphetamine, but there's also, you know, hey, I mean, you make money. On the other hand, you have a puppy, which is very cute, but takes all your money. <laughs> yeah, we had a vet. We had to take him to the vet on the weekend. And um, I don't know how he's going to pay that bill. He's probably going to need to get a job or something. Yeah, he'll have to get a job at the airport or something like that. Little guy. That's a big human. He's just been asleep in the corner for the last, like, two yeah, and a half hours. We, I saw him before. He's such a cutie. His name is Archie. Archie. He's a golden retriever. He is. And he's, you know what? He's much cheaper than my antidepressants. Which says a lot. Yeah, if you, if you work out over the lifespan of the dog, it's a bargain. Yeah. So <laughs> who knew after yeah, all knew these more. years, this is all I needed. <laughs> That's right. So we just tore up your prescription. We just threw that in the bin, <laughs> in the fire, fireplace that we have. Um you don't have a fireplace, you have a meth lab. I have a fireplace that's <laughs> a Bunsen burner. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's the secret ingredient to your meth. Yeah, that's right. The Bunsen. The secret ingredient to our meth is cocaine, but you know, it's, it's fine. We don't know sure, what we're doing. Then. We're very inept drug dealers, but we, we we make up for it with heart. I think I just need to make it really clear, given my new job, um, that everything that we're saying right now is for comedic yeah, purposes. This is satire. And legally. Yes, as a. As a government worker, I can say that this is all for comedy. And also, just on a real note, Rob, move back a little bit. Joe, oh. move in a little bit. So no, I don't want to. Time. I'm the star. That's not true. No, Actually, he's the just, star. Look just, at the like, baby. You're going to have to edit this later. Yeah. I'm conscious of it on, on the audio may not realise, but there's, there's a dog now sort of semi on my lap as we talk. So, yeah, we got Archie. Actually, the, fir- the the very weekend that the lockdown was announced. So yeah. we got him just in time. It worked out really well, to be honest. Um, oh, he's got hiccups. Oh. <laughs> Poor little duck. He's got the hiccups. Um, yeah. yeah, we didn't plan for that to happen that way. Um, I want that dog. I want the dog so bad. 
when she came over to um get me to sign that paperwork for her she just lost her mind over archie yeah. Yeah. he's a sweet. he's a very good dog we had not much trouble with him no we're very fortunate um so yeah lockdown we got a dog um uh, i don't know if i told you i started a law degree yeah so it's gonna be a law degree gonna be a lawyer Mm-hmm. Um, you might have to take Rob to court at one stage. Just a heads <laughs> no, up. She's going to defend me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm your defense attorney, young man. I'll have you go. I thought Ben was out. Ben's technically the, the lawyer of our Ben children. is actually technically. This is kind of a true story. Ben is our <laughs> defense attorney. Ben is the general counsel of Game Life Balance. Oh, my God. <laughs> he actually really is. We, like, named him, like, as such, and he ran out a bunch of legal documents, and now, like, like Ben is, like, our, our legal counsel. I just want to see Ben get up and say, they're both guilty, Your Honor. It's like, no, you're our defense. You look at us and go, guilty, Your Honor. Look, I know Ben well, and it was one thing I know about Ben, our dear friend Ben. He would throw us under the bus so fast. But technically, if he's your defender, the prosecution. Under the bus so fast, you could call that fucking movie Speed. (laughs) That is how fast he throws under the bus. He'd be like, they did it, Your Honor. And what's more, I know a whole bunch of other things they've done too. And here's a list I've prepared. <laughs> Holy shit. What kind of access? He sounds like a horrible defense attorney. He's not a good lawyer. A he, good is a, he is our lawyer. He's not a good one, but it's the one we've got. It's the one we've got. We unfortunately signed a very long-term contract with him that we can't get out of. <laughs> if, if you see Ghostbusters 2, oh. Tully, yeah. he kind of gets up and goes, well... These guys may have dug a hole in New York City, but when I turned into a dog, they saved me. Thank you, Your Honor. And that's basically like Ben's legal defense. <laughs> well, that's used... Archie's defense as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we haven't managed to turn Archie back yet, unfortunately. Yeah. Archie could be Ben right now. <gasps> he could be. Do Although Ben's not a natural blonde, don't tell him. Right? <laughs> what? Archie's eyes are better than Ben. Archie's I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to think about that too much. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the bath comment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's probably the most exciting stuff with us. You know, working from home, homeschooling a five-year-old, homeschooling a puppy. Um. The living the dream, if you yeah, will. That's right. It's been difficult yeah. working from home while having um, Ruby with us is difficult enough, but having the dog with us as well, it's a lot. Um, I get about half as much work done as I did when we were in the office. <laughs> so yeah, it's I'm definitely suffering. That. I um, think it's ironic that I actually get way more work done because yeah. I'm not quote unquote networking the whole time with people. It's what yeah, I call going uh, into coffee. I've noticed that you did a lot of that when you were in the office. Actually, there was a lot of like, okay, we're going for pasta, and then we're going for coffee, and then we're going for like, we're going to get chocolate mousse at the chocolate mousse place, and then we're going to go to the yeah, I don't know, and then we're going to go for a forty-five minute walk. Yeah, there's like a, a it's networking gourmet hot dog stand that we're going to go to. Yeah, yeah. it's networking. <laughs> it's like so I've actually been way more productive in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's part of the job, if, especially if you're working in the law community. Yes. Um, I think that the technical legal, legal term is called schmoozing. <laughs> yeah. Schmooze. Yeah. 
Look, as no, a paralegal, I schmooze constantly. Store and also the bagel store and also yeah. the moose store where they sell chocolate moose. But there's also another store down in Braddon that actually sells actual mooses because it's Braddon and it's, you know, highfalutin and, you know, we can get a moose down there. And it's also you got to schmooze with the moose. I, I'm very moose. good at moose schmoozing. But yeah, I've got see? a hustle. I've got a baby to feed. Look at this big, beautiful golden retriever baby. <laughs> I feel like our, our listeners are just going to really suffer not yeah. seeing the video of, of this dog. Yeah, we really need to put this video up because Archie uh-huh. is an incredibly cute dog. I met him just like the literally the day after you guys got him. He did, yeah, when he still uh, had very bad tummy sickness from traveling. Yeah, he was, he was, like, he was a little shy, but he was very interested in May. Unfortunately, May was not very interested in him. Yeah. Um, to the point yeah. where May ran away because May's not great with anything she can't predict the movement of. Which is fair. Which is very Which fair. Is fair. Yeah. yeah. A puppy especially is very excited. We'll just yeah. like jump all over her and lick her and like yeah. look at her and stuff. Um, and like, I, I mean, I don't even like that. And I'm like an adult and I have like full, full, full vision, full vision yeah. and everything. And, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not particularly fond of it. But <laughs> your wife is a very big fan of Archie. Yeah. Very big Look, fan. All I'm saying is that if you guys need some time away from the dog, we're going to take the dog. We might not give the dog back, but we'll take the dog. It's funny you say that because, oh, no, you're coming to Ben's wedding too. Rats. We yeah. Was, some other yeah. Stuff to Damn it. <laughs> palm him off on too. I mean, I mean, friend. Friend to puppy suit. I, I mean, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can see. I am not sure where the Ben's wedding is. It's well, he, getting I mean, uncomfortably close to is. November and we're still in lockdown. I mean, so mm, and it's already been moved twice. Yeah, I mean yeah. it could happen. But I really happens. hope it happens. I, really I do too, honestly. Well, last I heard he was on he was optimistic. Yeah. So yeah. We'll see. Well we'll have to wait and see, but I really want to be optimistic as well. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I, like I just get nervous because I've had four weddings postponed and we're looking at our wedding and we're like, no, oh, we should be right. Yeah, it's <gasps> like uh, April wasn't so far away now. It doesn't yeah. feel like that far away like it used to, you know. Uh, I mean, when we come up to October and we're already halfway through September, it should be noted, uh, April next year is only six months away. Yeah. I'm hoping the vaccination rates will save us. That's my hope. And I'm also hoping that because we're having such a a small wedding that we should be under any kind of, like, capacity caps. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm fully vaccinated. Maria is fully vaccinated. So am I as of yesterday. Awesome. I'm half half vaccinated. Half vaxxed. You're half vaxxed. I am the half vaxxed. The sewer with you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a lower lower, um, tier of society. Did you get Pfizer? Uh, me, and yeah, I got, I got AstraZeneca. Ah, right, okay. Because I wanted, I didn't want to wait. No, no, you did the right thing. I think we looked at the the time frames, and it was <clears throat> earlier to get the the full doses of AstraZeneca than Pfizer. Yeah, like basically, I can actually, um, yeah, I'll be I'll be fully vaxxed like in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and your first awesome. appointment was meant to be next week. Pfizer. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is, but I felt like um it was better to be vaxxed earlier rather than later. Um, and especially because like, you know, I've got the history of smoking and things. So I'm like, 
not the greatest respiratory health necessarily. So yeah. probably better to be safe than sorry. So um, it knocked me around a lot the first dose. Um, I felt like I had they the do, do. day. Yeah. Um, but you know, came and went pretty quick. Yeah, but that's been uh, that's been us. The, the major event is this little dude. All right, here. Puppy wedding planning. Yeah, we sent our wedding invitations out the other day, so people have been saying they've been receiving them. Um, You got one. I hand delivered it to you, (laughs) and got caught being super sus by Maria. (laughs) Oops, what have I done? What have you you, done? Can you close that window? You thought I tossed it in the bin, but I did actually not. I just tossed like a a little bit of paper in the bin. You went. (gasps) What? How dare you? I felt um, so sad. I, I am going to be the best man at Rob's wedding. Yeah. Um, Rob and Joe's wedding, not just Rob's wedding. Rob's going to marry the dog. Dog doesn't know this yet. Oh, you'll be a great wife. <laughs> Joe looks horrified, mostly for the dog, though. I'm just like, I was going to marry the dog. Yeah. Shit, <laughs> I'm going to marry the dog at this stage. That's my plan. So I, I... We actually need to get him a nice little fancy bow tie or something to match you. <laughs> Oh, a little bow tie collar, I die. Yeah. In the like in the groomsman colours that your bow ties are gonna be, we're gonna order an extra one for Archie. Well, I think I think I might actually have to like step down as my position as best man if he's gonna be wearing that kind of bow tie. Well, you'll be the best man, but he'll be the best boy. <laughs> he'll like, be the goodest boy. He'll be the gaffer. He will be well. the goodest boy. He'll be the goodest boy. I walk down the aisle with him. I mean my my maid of honor might be a bit upset, but <laughs> Taylor might feel a bit rejected. <laughs> Shows the puppy over her. Well, she'll, she'll understand. I, it's funny because until you said that right now, I never had any concept of walking down the aisle with anyone. I was just going to go, oh, I'm going to go down with the dog. And it's like, oh, shit, yeah, right, the maid of honor. Yeah, Fuck, I yeah. think I need to do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be a good a good, um, a good, good host for both. Are you going to have to actually introduce me to whoever Taylor is as well? That might, oh, that's yeah. Awful. Part of our heterosexual mating ritual is that you have to pretend to be a couple with this, this person you don't know for a little while. So it's fine. Oh. Don't worry about it. Uh, that sounds like basically every other manga plot that I've ever read. So ah. sure. <laughs> so it's cool. um, yeah. Well, um, I, I've got to organize Robert's uh, bachelor party as well. And uh, as as is tradition in mm-hmm. our group of friends, uh, the movie Commando, nineteen eighties <laughs> movie starring uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is going to play a pivotal role. We should we should go to that um we should do like a barcade or something like that. That's the best thing I can think of. Yeah, moment. that's that's actually something that I, I am looking into. It's sort of back in the Instead of a stripper, we were thinking of getting you a magician. Ooh. Ooh, what about a magical stripper? <laughs> that's, that's oh a, my god. And you could do close me. Magic. I, think, I think the closest thing you can get to oh. a magical stripper is probably me, and I don't think anyone wants to see that. Oh my god, but could you imagine that? Be like and then, like, what's in my other hand? Bah, titties. Yeah, well, the no, the tits are the, are, are the distraction. What do they call it? Um, the for diversion. The slice of hand. What's it called? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a slice of window. <laughs> I don't know. The a slice of teat. I'm just imagining, like, Pen from Pen and Teller, <laughs> like, gyrating. <laughs> His luscious ponytail in the wind. Like. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, 
So yeah, magic. Well, I could probably fun. do the ponytail in the wind thing. Pendulette just <laughs> shouting at you. It's sexy. Look how sexy I am. Mine did sexy. Oh my god. <laughs> While like Pen just like baby. Tell her sorry, just stands there like also down? gyrating, but not saying anything. Just maintaining <laughs> contact. I don't think Archie's involved <laughs> with this idea. He's he's telling me to be quiet. He yeah. put his little paw on my face yeah, and he's like, oh, it's a weird thing. Do, do, you reckon, do you reckon they get paid the same when they go on TV when one of them talks and the other one doesn't the entire time? Because, like, I understand that, like, if you get a speaking role on TV, generally speaking, you get paid, like, a lot more than if you have a non-speaking role. Well, generally speaking. You're unless you're a speaking. director or Generally producer. speaking, that's the case. <laughs> that is. But if you're a producer, it doesn't work that way. And they would be yeah. producers and directors. They would have been, like, oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they get to write the contract. Like Ben would. Exactly. Yeah, like Ben would. Yeah. He gets 100% yeah. of the profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have any profits. Actually, probably Ben and... <laughs> it's all losses. <laughs> We're taking a big hit on this. All right, let's, let's get this train back on track, oh, I feel. Okay. All right, so what Sorry. have you been playing? What all right, video games. Well, well um, my darling partner and I have been playing video games together during the lockdown because... Because we're, we're romantic. We're a, he- we're a healthy couple. <clears throat> and we like to yell at the screen rather than each other. That's right. <laughs> So, so we've been playing games. So I, I found I have the Xbox uh, Live thingy for my PC AC. So I get like I get basically Netflix for games on the PC for for a low low price every month. I don't work for Xbox or anything, but if they want to send me money in a like a bag or even a suitcase, I'll, I'll even take food. Bill, Bill Gates turns up at your house with a like a, a giant sack with the dogs. I'll take some energy drinks, whatever um, you got for me. <laughs> <laughs> but um I, I and one game i found on on the xbox um service for my pc it was katamari damacy and so i downloaded that katamari. because because it's been a long time and i haven't and i never really owned that game i only played it i played it like someone else had it and i played a bit of it you know and i, see, I saw people playing it on videos and things and it looked really fun we introduced it to ruby actually because she's really into video games at the moment yeah i thought because she liked donut county a lot yeah that she would also like this it's a similar kind of thing because it's a very simple concept you know you know i thought she likes a game with a very simple idea is good for a a five-year-old you know so in katamari you just this little dude is pushing a ball and and everything that the ball touches sticks to the ball and you start out sort of very small and you're picking up things like paper clips and dice and bugs on the floor. And as you go, you get your ball gets bigger and bigger and you end up picking up like, you know, cereal bowls and then like small animals and um, I picked know, up the cat. cats and yeah, like you get, it just gets more and more crazy as your ball gets bigger and bigger. So it's a really fun, silly, um, like absurd kind of game. Um, that's really unique. And so when I saw that on the Xbox, I, I, I definitely had to download it and, and give it a go. It was one of those games that was actually very unique at the time. It was very yeah. Japanese um, and it was very much something that people just hadn't really thought of before. It's like, oh, that's not going to work, but it totally works for that game. Yeah, it really and does. It really was quite the the gaming phenomenon at the time. Absolutely. And no one had seen, like, it had been a while since people had seen, like, a really truly weird game, you know, that, yeah. like, and they really went out of their way to make it, like, quite odd. All the all the writing and everything is just really strange, and um, the whole visual design 
And like the guy who made the game went on to make a bunch of other really strange, interesting games like Nobi Nobi Boy and other, you know, just weird kind of almost like arty kind of titles, I guess you could call it. Like yeah. it's sort of verging on arty. Like I think it's, I think Katamari is a bit too like silly and fun to really be like art, but it's sort of verging on that because it's surreal. It's very surreal. And the whole presentation the is really the odd. The concept you know? itself yeah. lends itself to kind of that that edge of, you know, being maybe not a masterpiece, but certainly it's a really clever the edge idea. of something that people don't consider a video game. Yeah. And just what a, what a genius, simple idea, you know, um, to just mm-hmm. roll a ball around and collect things. Just the, the, the absurdity of wrecking someone's house. Like just the fun of, just the fun of wrecking things. The fun of like smashing stuff is like, is part of the enjoyment similar to to donut county where like there's a certain satisfaction that you get from seeing everything fall down into the hole and just ruining an area and just wrecking it all and having it perfectly ruined although (laughs) yeah although i do have beef with one aspect of the game yeah what's your what's your um what's your uh critical what's your what's your feedback the the universe king is the king of the cosmos king of the universe yeah he's so frustrating first of all i'm working as hard as i can okay having him interrupt me every 10 seconds to say that my ball is not big enough is not helpful (laughs) so that's my first critique second of all i just he's he's got a really big package and there's lots of (laughs) close-ups And I didn't really so consent to. What you're describing here is something that uh, Rob and I's generation would call David Bowie syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I think the movie there's, Labyrinth. There's a, lot of... there's, uh, there's, there's a package waiting for you at the door, and, and um, mm. he's going to ring the bell. Ding dong. Yeah, I've seen that video before, but it was on a different website. I'm sure of it. So, yeah, <laughs> it was very. <laughs> Yeah. But yes, I'm not a fan of the, the universe man. The king of the cosmos. He's Maybe an iconic character. King of the cosmos. Yeah, I was thinking king of the universe, cosmos, whatever. Same yeah. That's, yeah, he no, that, stars. that guy's a bit of a At the start of the yeah. game, he breaks all the stars. And then what he's like, asshole. oh, no, there's no stars. We need to get the stars back. So and now then, you have to roll things up to make stars. And then critiques you while you fix his mistakes. Yeah. It's, it's basically like a metaphor for like what it is like to be a modern office worker and have like a manager that like, <laughs> creates problems and then has you fix them That's i don't know I'm, I'm getting a lot of daddy issues from this from this critique actually <laughs> i'm not sure what you're referring to there I'm not sure what you're referring to <laughs> i'm so sick of this man that keeps telling me Look, i know your daddy my ball isn't big enough i'm trying i'm trying dad why don't you love me the testicles are already huge <laughs> I'm very kind as well. Yes. I'm very kind. It gives me the love that my father never could. <laughs> Hear that, Tom? He's not, he's not listening. I don't like this. He's not listening. This is going to no, die. No, I'll, 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 I'll edit this out. At the wedding, I'll package this up and give it to him as a gift and say, hey, well, you should know what they really think about you. Oh this, my is, God. this is satire. We already established this. We did. We anyway, already established everything is. This is not real. This is not real. <laughs> my name's Michael Morrison. I'm an actor. I get paid $10 an hour to be on this show. It's not much, but I'm hoping the exposure will lead to greater things. I just want you to know that when you said Michael Morrison, I thought you meant Scott Morrison. No, like... no I'm only distantly related to Scott Morrison. <laughs> Although 
although we do we do hang out sometimes we go to the park we have sandwiches in hawaii no when the country's <laughs> no, on behind fire. the bushes that's irrespons- that would be irresponsible who <laughs> would do that at least i know that unlike some people <laughs> ouch burn my uncle. and we just want to make sure that we anyone who is listening does understand that we are impartial politically and we will serve any government of the day that's right I oh, love all politicians. I am very apolitical in my yeah. meetings. That's right. It's just important that we make these things clear. I'm certainly not leaning towards the left here. Oh, sorry, my shoulder hurts a bit. <laughs> so, uh, Joe, yeah. John, what have you been playing? Um, well, <clears throat> you're going to laugh at me for this. Recently, The Sims 3 came out with a new expansion pack. Sims 4, right? I'm Sims turning 4, this sorry. video off. Sims 4. <laughs> no, it's called Country Living, and it's the best. And you can be friends with bunny rabbits, and they help you with the gardening. Um, and... I can be friends with bunny rabbits. <laughs> You'll never guess what I can do to them. I can wear them like a glove. I got a notification on my like origin account the other day being like, you've officially played 3,000 hours of The Sims. You know that if you play, uh, play 10,000 hours, the Queen sends you a letter. Institution about that this, this stage, perhaps. How many, if, if we divide 3,000 by 24, let's see how many days. I have played 125 consecutive days of The Sims. That's like without sleeping. Yeah, that's 24 hours. Yeah. What about eight hours? What if you like working days? Okay, let me do working days. <laughs> if you just play the Sims for your job. Rates. If you just play the Sims. 375, baby. That's like a whole year. Okay, so over a year, you've spent over at least over a year, probably two years of your life in your so, recreation <laughs> life. I don't know if you can Some tell. of your professional time. I really like um, um, making friends with bunny rabbits. <laughs> So I've been playing The Sims, I've been playing Animal Crossing, and I've been playing Stardew Valley. So clearly I'm on a... All games where you can befriend rabbits. Well, you can't really befriend rabbits in Stardew Valley, but, you know, Mm. Linus is pretty hairy. (laughs) He's my best friend. So he lives in the woods. He's basically like the same thing. Yeah, he's my best friend. I have 10 heart canisters for Linus. The little homeless man. You're, uh, you're from the country, aren't you? Yeah, I'm trying to tell. <laughs> well, you know, you can take the girl out of the country. It is actually funny that all the things you like to play video games you like yeah. to play are like about being in the country. Farming simulators. Yeah. It's because my biggest dream is to like escape capitalism and live on a hippie commune. Um, but I have bills and a child, so. Nimbin. You're basically talking about Nimbin. Yeah. Once I retire, we're moving up to Byron. <laughs> Hemsworth is there, so it's totally worth it. We'll make like artis- artisanal, like ginger beer or some shit like that. You know, look, kombucha. Yeah, Nimbin was a kind of a meme back in the nineties because of Full Frontal, this um, comedy <clears throat> program that was quite popular back well, then. Nimbin's the, there was it's the marriage Nimbin's of like the capital a of Australia. Come up and say, I have a poem about Nimbin, Nimbin, Nimbin. Yeah, <laughs> Nimbin. I will say that is my experience Nimbin. of Nimbin. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to Nimbin. Hey, if you one... can make anything artisanal in in Nimbin, you know, go for it. Yeah, I've been to Nimbin once, and I literally got offered a weed brownie in the middle of the main street. But that's that's Nimbin. Like that. That's what people come. That's to, people come to Nimbin for mm. that. 
Yeah. yeah. I'd be disappointed if I went in even and wasn't offered something. <laughs> Maybe they'll just think that you're a square. They're like your cop, man. Yeah. <laughs> do I look like a cop? You look like a, you look like, look like a, 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 what do you call it? A knock. Well, you were roasting <laughs> my Udi before. So clearly you don't know anything about comfort. Still I don't know what an Udi is, but I hate you. It's my Udi anyway, by the way. I should mention this. Another piece of life update. <laughs> okay. This so, is my, okay. This First is, of all, for people who are listening and not watching, what is an Udi? And Georgina, my, if he, for the, on video. Georgina? Um, you will see like the Georgina. Georgina? Georgina. My partner is wearing a beautiful giant velvet sack, <laughs> which we call an Udi. It has a foot. <laughs> it's He's like the first marketing thing in Normans, which was what they called the, the scrotox, yeah. didn't really catch on. It's like, okay, so imagine, so you got like a moo moo, right? And then if you get a moo, what if you made a, what if you made a moo moo out of bedding? Out of, you know? out of a fleecy blanket. And then what if you put a hood on that moo moo? And then what if you put a pouch on that moo moo, like, like a hoodie? <laughs> But like a really oversized pouch that is like ridiculously large and would definitely fit like several bags of chips if you put them into it. Like not saying that's what it's for, but like I'm saying that's basically what it's for. I would call that an uncircumcised scrotox. It's the, it's it's the what you wear. You know, this is the tagline actually. It's the clothes you wear when you've given up on life. TM. It's the clothes. <laughs> it's what you wear when you Sorry, want to die. But like <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> do you want death question mark then wait, don your hoodie and prepare for the grave <laughs> if i want death i'm going to go into a bank with a sawn off shotgun and try and rub as much as i can before i get shot well, this thing, that is well, what people going out in style it's also bulletproof punch <laughs> <laughs> me in the tit <laughs> did you just grab her nipple no he punched me in the boob. I just, I just lightly punched. Oh, okay, breath. punch you in the boob. Okay, all right. That's yeah. to demonstrate the bullet, the bullet resistant properties of the a magical Udi. Well, so this is this is a present. This is my birth. This is my Father's, Father's Day, Day present. Birthday. But the thing is that Joanna is much Joe more the kind of person that would wear. Joanna is much more the kind of person that would wear like something like this. I don't know what you mean by that, but it feels insulting. Like a onesie. <laughs> yes, like you're no, a onesie kind of person. I am something like that. Have some you're, dignity. There are two <laughs> kinds of people in the world. There are onesie people and there are non-onesie people. And I'm the, I'm a non-onesie. I'm one of those people who suffers from dignity. So <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like I can't be seen in that. <laughs> you know? I wouldn't even wear one of those in private as my fetish. If that was my fetish, I'd probably shoot myself. Wait, I think there is actually footage of you. I think there might be some like incriminating photos of you in a onesie. No, 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 no. That is that is a tiger and thus unrelated. <laughs> I have never worn a onesie and I never shall. I look, I've the, the the onesie was Calvin and Hobbes related and thus excused. I mean, would it surprise you if I already owned multiple onesies? <laughs> Multiple ones. Yeah. Fuck, I think like you own a onesies. Like one of from every animal kingdom. Now I have a Pikachu onesie, which I bought when I lived in Japan. Um, and I dressed up as Pikachu one day. 
by that I mean I just put like red lipstick on my cheeks and then wore my onesie to school cosplay um uh, and like three people died yeah <laughs> and then I also have a lion onesie which I got as a birthday present for my 21st from said maid of honor so you can thank her for that it was actually I will, the best while walking ever. down the aisle together apparently yeah you'll be like so I've got some beef with you I heard that you <laughs> bought Joanna a onesie a long time ago. Oh, look, I'm going to be wearing my tiger onesie, so you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it is part of our wedding attire. It but... is mandatory for everyone to come in a onesie. Obviously, I want to. I want to worry. I'll be wearing my bow tie to match the dog. I do want to talk about the Udi a little bit because it is a significant life event that happened. When, was Father's Day happened during all of this? And this was one of my Father's Day presents from my daughter. So Ruby apparently decided that I needed to have a, dress, a, dressing, a dressing gown because I don't own a dressing gown. Because long story short, we were having a pamper day. We were all having our nails did and having like facials and stuff. And yeah. the girls wearing their like their their robes and I didn't I didn't have a robe, you know. Yeah. So Ruby's like, okay, no, go. okay. I'm gonna have to stop you there, Robbie. Mm-hmm. You own a smoking jacket. That's true. Technically close. It's adjacent. It's adjacent. It's adjacent. It isn't very day but, spa, though. No, it's not day but, spa. Yeah. No. It's day spa. No, no. If, if you turn up to a day spa wearing a smoking jacket, you're in like they'll ask you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'll let you You're leave. in. It's just like, yeah. you can do my nails and whatever else. Whatever other appendage you feel like doing, you know, darling. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. There was a child present. I want to make that very clear. (laughs) There was a child present. No appendages were done, thank you. (laughs) Whoa. You're going to get, you're going to take the child out of the room. Rob's going to be smoking a pipe at this stage. You don't let him be smoking a pipe. (laughs) True, true. That's just how I be all the time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we got, got given this thing and it's supposed to have and it had, it had to have bunnies on it that was the that was the uh yeah the mission statement from my daughter was uh we need to get dad a dressing gown and it needs to have bunnies on it bunny rabbits so joe went looking on the internet and couldn't find believe it or not couldn't find a, a, a dressing gown with bunny rabbits on it it was harder than I thought it would be, to be honest with you. I was um, very distressed. So the closest thing she could find was the, the was the Udi, which um, I didn't realize is like a hundred dollars. This is an expensive thing. It's one hundred thirty dollars. This is worth more than the most of the clothes I own. Like I don't normally wear clothes that cost that much money because I'm not like I don't know. I'm not some okay. fancy guy. You're not a fancy boy. I'm not a fancy guy. All right? I'm a man of the people. When it's salt of the earth over here. I don't know. You've got a shirt that says that you've lost touch with the common man. Yeah, you bought that for me. I did. did Joe has a good point and so does the shirt. (laughs) I never lost. I'm a salt of the earth. I am the the most in touch with the common man. I'm pretty sure that means you have to be a labourer of some description. Hey, I I labour. I labour. It's labour being with me. I vote labour. Does that count? We both make two different jokes. Well done. Okay, this is a trap, Rob. <laughs> if you say, yes, I labour with you, you are dead. If you say, no, you're not in labour, you're also dead. Yeah. 
Um, so the correct answer is not to say anything. Yeah, that's a good again. idea. That's my that's my strategy for this podcast from now on. <laughs> Just don't. All right, say looks anything. like it's the AC and Joe show. <laughs> yeah, the No Roberts Club. Oh man, tables have been turned. <laughs> ah, I flipped it on you. <laughs> I know what it feels like to be excluded. <laughs> yeah, is it nice? Now I know what it feels like to be backstabbed, like what Julia Gillards did to that. Kevin Rudd. <laughs> to the Kevin Rudd. Julia Gillard. <laughs> Julia Gillard. Gillard. Oh, Julia Gillard. She she, Gillard. she 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 stabbed it. She stabbed the Rudd. Rudd sad. Rudd Rudd cry. <laughs> Can that be the title Julia of the episode? Rudd sad. Rudd cry. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, let's get this episode back on track. Um, uh, yeah. We play other video games, but I don't yeah, know. Just, this is really play? long in the tooth now, so maybe we shouldn't yeah, even bother. Sorry. Should I throw? Should no, I just no, throw no. it to you at this point? No, no, no. You you do that. Let's let's take a little bit of a break between you and me. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, what other games have we been playing? Um, so Ruby's been playing a lot of games on her iPad during lockdown of course she loves crossy road loves memento crossy road she really likes sorry um so unprofessional (laughs) um uh uh, i've heard of this game called monument valley which she really likes um which is like a puzzle game uh cost a couple of bucks but like all the good all the good ipad games cost a couple of bucks you know um hey if there's no in-app purchases fine yeah exactly yeah and um, it's really good. It's like um, it's like a puzzle game where you had to sort of turn environments around like a three D kind of puzzle, and um, you're moving this little princess around the level, and she has to stand on different like buttons and things to like unlock different parts of the world. Uh, but the game kind of has like non non Euclidean geometry in it, and kind of like M C Escher esque like things that like don't make any sense. Like you can walk on something and then suddenly you're upside down or like whatever, or like you can turn the level in a certain way. And suddenly because of the perspective changes, your position changes too, in a way that doesn't really make sense in the, in the real world. So it's got oh, yeah. this kind of cool messing with your perception of reality stuff to it. Like, and, but, but very easy to grasp if you're a kid, like it's just very intuitive because you're just turning the world around using buttons and little like sort of, like lever points on the world, like little little, little marks where you, where you can press on it and then like interact, you know? So it's very intuitive. So she's really oh, enjoying no. playing that oh, with me. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I just mentioned that because that's a cool game for a kid. Like she really enjoyed Donut County, of course, and she still plays a lot of that. That is a great uh, game. But she's also been playing this Monument Valley game, which she's been really enjoying. I should also mention her platforming skills are getting really good. I'm a proud father because... I've been playing Piku Niku with her over and over again because she really likes that game. And she's getting better and better at doing the platforming. Like to start with, she would make me do all the all the jumping because she was she got frustrated and wouldn't like be bothered to like do it properly, you know. Um, of course. But um like now she's sort of doing a lot of the jumps herself. And it's really cool to see like my kid like just doing like, you know, jumping up from one platform to another and then to another, like doing like the difficult, more difficult jumps and stuff like that. And like this is important life skills, you know. So <laughs> this is what you need to get through a modern day-to-day life at this stage in Australia. That's right. So teaching her the important things, you know, like how to how to do jumps in in platforming games and stuff like that. Uh, that's been really cool. 
the game I've been playing a lot of um, myself is is Crusader Kings three. Um... <laughs> hey, don't you yawn? It's it's actually like really dramatic. Like if I tell you what I'm doing, it's like what the hell kind of game is this? You know, like what what game is this game that where these sorts of scenarios arise? You know, like my current <laughs> my current character is called. Because I started a, a, a dynasty called De Bale. So they're like a Norman, like French dynasty. And they like invaded um, Britain with William the Conqueror in 1066. And we, oh, now, like, we now rule like like Normandy and also like southern, southern parts of southern England in the Middle Ages. Uh, anyway, my current guy is called like Gubert, which is a really funny name that the game like generated by itself. And I was like, that's hilarious. So I picked that rather than like change it. So it's Gubert de Bale and he's the Duke of Normandy. Um, his father was like William and he was a real son of a bitch. William was like really an evil motherfucker who like was really good at like intrigue and like um, like backstabbery and murder and stuff like that. And he murdered like two of his own brothers to like secure their lands. Um, that seems sensible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this thing that happens because of the good inheritance policy. laws. The inheritance laws in the Middle Ages were really like, it's it, it sort of like it encourages or leads to a lot of violence, you know, um, because you, you divvy up your land. When you die, you're, you divvy up your land between your sons, typically. And if you have a bunch of sons, like like what happened with William, he had a bunch of brothers, they all inherited land. And then there was this massive shit fight, <laughs> like once their father died to like, you know, just fight over the over the land. Um, so Gubert like is the son of this guy who's was a real son of a bitch and murdered a bunch of his friend, his brothers and stuff. But Gubert's really oh, nice, you know. He's a nice guy. <laughs> he doesn't want any of that. He's very forgiving, you know. Um, he's rubbish at, at at scheming and things like that. Um, but he's been cheating on his wife. You see, he's been cheating on his wife with the Countess of like Somerset, and uh, the Countess of Somerset is like married to the Earl of like Gloucestershire or something like that. So they're both like lords, you know. And the Earl found out that we were cheat that I was cheating, I was sleeping with his wife, and he chose to like expose the secret and like defame me in public. Sorry, I tuned out for a bit and tuned so, in is when you said having an affair and sleeping with his yeah, wife, and yeah. I was gonna get a tad spicy, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> classic, classic girl, classic girlfriend looking at TikTok. Huh? Affair? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, over, over the internet, you're, you're telling me this now as I'm looking at TikTok. So, so the Earl found out that I was fucking his wife, and so he chooses to like expose that fact, which defames me. So now everyone knows I'm an adulterer, which has like ramifications because we're talking about the Middle Ages here. It's like you could not, just kill everyone. It's not like. It's well now I'm really pissed off at this guy, but because I'm Goobert, not his dad, I'm like rubbish at like murdering people. I'm like nice guy who doesn't want to do any harm to anyone. So like I'm not very good at like plotting against people, you know. Like um, um like Joe, just just as a side note, I think you're safe. Uh, uh, look, he you couldn't plot his way out of a paper bag. To be fair, this is a prime example of that trend of like. Tell me how you know your partner won't cheat on you without <laughs> telling me your partner won't cheat on you. So, um, so what happened was um, the Earl exposes the secret. My wife at the time is like really 
like upset with me, you know? And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Should be. Because I've only got one son and I need like several sons to ensure that I can pass on the land that I have, right? Yeah. So what am yeah, I going to do? Sense. Damn it, you know? Thankfully, she died, which is really good for me. She just died out of the blue, and I was like, Oof, "Oh you know, yes, yes, out of the blue, she was <laughs> dead." I don't know, right. with seventeen um, knife wounds in her back. Right? No, she just died. It was funny because I didn't actually do that. It was just happened, and I was like, "Well, that was nice. That was good for me." Um, and now the problem I have is that. So then, what I did was, um, I was like, well, "Who am I going to marry? I can't marry my lover because she's married to the Earl of fucking Gloucestershire or whatever, you know." I could murder I'm him, but I'm, grab- I'm rubbish at murder. That's really hard. So instead, I had to mur- marry someone else. So I married, like, I actually found out that the princess of France was, like, single. One of the princesses of France was single. So I've now married, like, up. So now, like, oh, I've like, got an alliance. I've got an alliance with the French. Um, uh, but then what happened was a couple of days after that, my wife, not my wife, my lover, like, had gave birth and, like, and the and the earl like exposed the fact that it was like my son or something like that, and so now my new wife is pissed off at me as well. <laughs> so she's like, "I hate you too now," because like, like what the fuck, man? <laughs> this got this other kid, you know. <laughs> Look, the only the only way to get out of the situation invade Spain. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I support invade that. Spain. Well, what makes me laugh is that, like, through all of this, so there's different factions plotting against me, different, like, people who don't like me and want to, like, overthrow me. And the yes, Earl... pretty the much Earl, everyone at this stage, I'd imagine. The, um, once the Earl found out that I was cheating, that I was sleeping with his wife, uh, and he exposed me and all this shit, I went and checked the factions, and he joined the factions. <laughs> he, like, decided to join them now. So he's like, fuck this guy, you know? Like, he sort of joined up with, like, my enemies. To like classic. overthrow me. Um, Rob, he has a good point. <laughs> just putting that out there, buddy. And it's just funny because Guva is not equipped to deal with this. Like, he's not like his dad. He's a nice guy. He shouldn't have got mixed up in all the this sleeping around business, you know? Isn't um, isn't that your like prerogative? Isn't aren't you controlling that particular character? Well, yeah, you have control, but then they have they have statistics, you see. Mm-hmm. So so <laughs> Like what happened was the countess started to started to like flirt with me and it was like, do you want to tell them no? And I was like, well, my one son that I do have with my current wife has um, anemia or not anemia. What's the one where you, if you can't, if you bleed, if you get cut, you can't stop bleeding. Um, yeah. Anemia. Not anemia. That, that's, that's the iron deficiency. Um, Leukemia? No. Um, it's the thing where you can't, your blood doesn't clot uh, properly. Yeah, um, um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's this rare disease. It's this rare issue. Anyway, and I was like, "Well, what's the chance that if I have one son that's like that with this woman, I'm going to have a bunch that have like this like congenital problem?" So sure, I'll have like a bastard or two with this other woman, and like maybe you know hedge my bets kind of thing. Because this is the grim. This is the grim friggin' like math that you do in medieval Europe. Is you're like, well, it's all about having sons. Nothing like else your matters. Your fiance is in the corner going, uh-huh, 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 <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. I'm just like uh. medieval, medieval mathematics, huh, bitch? Yeah, right. I'm gonna medieval mathematics your ass tonight. That's for sure. <laughs> this was not a time. One plus one equals you fucking dead and sleeping on the couch, baby. <laughs> Look, I could try and change my like my inheritance laws to let like women inherit and stuff like that, but then like people would like riot and have to like. 
put down it's rebellions and stuff. It's a hassle, you know. It's very difficult, AC. <laughs> new laws as the Lord is such a hassle. I just yeah. want to cheat on my wife. It's probably just better if oh. I leave it. It's probably just better if I don't change anything. Although one thing that made me really fucking laugh, can I just say before we go off the topic of Crusader Kings, is so there's this there's thing that happens in this game where there's heresies, right? So like most of Christendom is like Catholic, but then there's, there's Orthodox Christians, of course. And um, there's different, like different sectors and Muslims, of course, there's we different religions. But what happens during the course of the game is sometimes heresies arise in, in Christendom of various sorts, you know, some like sort of just like Protestant kind of rejecting the papacy or whatever. Yeah. Some quite quirky, <laughs> you know, some bit more, in, more interesting in the heresy, you know? So there's this sect called the Ad, the Adamsians or the Ad, Adamsians or something like that. It's like they were, they want to return to the state of Adam and Eve. So one of the rules they Make have in this garden, I like this, it. One of the rules they have in this heresy, which is taken over in the Kingdom of Hungary, they love it. In my game right now, the Kingdom of Hungary, a lot of people in it are part of this heresy. Um, they don't wear clothes as part of their like their belief. Because Adam and Eve okay. wear clothes, and clothes are sinful. So there's just all these naked people popping up in my game now. And for a little while, I thought it was a glitch. I was like, "Oh God, I want to like reinstall this game because all these NPCs are naked." Go walk into the room. You keep pressing escape, going, "Come on, naked people, get out!" I'm not really dull, no, God. Oh, it was just an accident, babe. I don't know what you walked in on. <laughs> All their four, all their four. <laughs> Adam and Eving, you know how it is. I'm just vibing like Nimbin style. It's so funny because, like, I, I had like a someone joined my court or someone like some diplomat or something came along and they were naked and I was like, okay, my game's broken, you know. And like, it took me a while to realize what the hell was going on. And I was like, oh wait, it's because they're part of this sect. And then I checked to see how widespread this sect is and it's like growing <laughs> like there's more and more every day there's more and more people joining up to the to the adamsian this is a really elaborate heresy. a really elaborate i wish it was elaborate going into it's some, just weird it's just a weird into some really nudie details here about rob's porn obsession with the middle ages i just thought it would be really funny and i'm sorry that you don't appreciate my funny anecdote we do appreciate your funny anecdote Well, that's probably enough from me. And now that my lovely partner has left the studio, which is my office, um, we can ask Andrew A.C. Yoshimura, the lovely Andrew A.C. Yoshimura, what games and what life have you been playing? What life have, what life have you been playing, A.C.? What life indeed? I don't know because lockdown, we've been in lockdown for a while now. It feels like a long time now. Yeah. It- 
It's a couple of months. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not handling lockdown with the greatest of dignity. I think it's fair to say sometimes. He wants to be in here. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm handling it as best that I can. I'm not sure if that's good or bad or like it just seems to be going on and on and on and on and on. And I'm just not used to being stuck in one place for in one time for any particular length of any time whatsoever. Mm. Um, so, you know, like not being able to get out of the country like shits me. Not being able to get out of the city also shits me. Not being able to get out of the house shits me even more. It's a I lot. think a lot of people relate to that, you know, um, and like I was utilizing every hour we were able to get outside of of um, of lockdown for our daily hour of exercise. I was utilizing that to its most ability. I, I did actually do my healthy month of no drinking and no eating sugar and eating less and being healthy and all that kind of shit. I actually did that while we were in lockdown pretty much for the majority of that month. And I lost a whole bunch of weight and everything. So it worked for me. Um, it went really well. Although as soon as that month ended, it was like, oh, fuck, do I need a drink? And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I, I haven't ballooned out too much or anything like that yet, which is good. Um, but yeah, like despite the fact that I'm surrounded by video games and loving people and my five-year-old child, it's just, you know, where I'm just not used to being stuck and isolated in one place. Like it, it really gets to me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think, it does. I think, but it just has something to do with like, something I've realized is that I'm an extrovert. And you wouldn't always think so with my personality, but I really kind of am. Mm. And I really need to get out there and talk to people and do things and like travel and all that kind of stuff. And being stuck uh, just kind of frizzes me sometimes. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not handling with the greatest of ease, but I'm, I'm still handling it. Yeah. No, it's the best you can do, honestly. Best you can do. I, I get out, I try and do exercise, I try and eat okay, even though none of these things always work out the way you think they will, but I try, and I think that's kind of important. Um, yeah, so honestly, like I've been trying to keep myself busy with projects. The problem is, at the moment, like you can't go into a store like Bunnings and get a whole bunch of shit and then get it back and go, I've got a project. <laughs> because it's all <clears throat> click and collect. It's like, you can only leave your house under the strictest of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did at the very beginning of lockdown get some stuff delivered to me. And it took ages. Like deliveries have slowed down so much at the moment. Yeah, it's really true. Mm. Um. Uh, and you really want this stuff to arrive so you can kind of do stuff with your time and, you know, like occupy your, um, just your, the way that you want to spend your time in some sort of fruitful fashion. Uh, someone was uh, 3D printing 
uh, ZPMs, which are ZPM is from Stargate SG-1. And it's basically a giant crystal-shaped battery. And someone was uh, 3D printing one of those these things. If you're watching the video, um, I've got one in my hand right now. And it was a, a process of getting this and then getting something called like silicon gel, which is like a black gel, which you fill in a whole bunch of the parts of said uh, red-based crystal. I think the original one was a lot more clear or yellow-based. Hmm. Uh, and then like coloring in bits and stuff like that. And basically at the end of this, I have a, a weird shaped lamp. <laughs> uh, and okay. I put a I put a remote control puck light inside, so it lights up like the one does on the show. Nice on SD one, and uh, it, it it looked pretty cool. And I think I yeah. did a really good job on it, despite the fact I've never worked with silicon gel before. That stuff is a lot harder and messier than you think it is. Uh, but I, I had a lot of fun doing it. But after like a couple of days, I finished the project and went. Well, I now have my own ZPM a zero point module from Stargate SG One, and it's a lamp. And what do I do with the rest of my life now? <laughs> <laughs> what next? Yeah. Uh, so I, I have been playing games, to be honest. Although I'm not as focused as I usually am. Like if if I find something I'm really into, I'll focus on it. Mm. But I just aren't focused on anything in particular right now. Sure. I suppose, like nothing really captured me. It's like dabbling uh, in different things more than. More yeah, than what I like to call uh, wetting my whistle or scratching that itch. <laughs> yeah. In other words, I've been playing a whole bunch of games that I just look on my shelf and go, oh, I'll play that for a while. And I play it and go, oh, that was pretty fun. Let's play something else. And then I'll play those. And then I'll just kind of wander off and do something else, which is honestly how I play a lot of my games these days. Mm. I love playing games, but like it, it's difficult for a game to really hold me. Yeah. yeah. Um, because externally of the game, I'm very distracted. I yeah. really want to like, spend time with my daughter and take her for walks and go to parks with her. And I really want to spend time with my wife, Maria, um, and like do stuff with her. So sometimes if I disengage from a game, it's really hard for me to get back into it again. Yeah, uh, but one thing I did do was go through most of my Famicom games uh, because I, <clears throat> as a lot of people know, I go to used to go to Japan a lot and just would buy whatever was on the shelf for like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred yen, like one or two or three dollars. I get it, and some of them were like really good and shooters and yeah. action games, and some of them were just shit house, and I couldn't <laughs> play them because I didn't care. Yeah, very very, very uh, differing quality. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided to go through my games and I got about this many Famicom games, like 20, 25 Famicom games where I just decided I'm never going to play these things again. Um, but I went through them all. I actually went through about 40 or 50 of them. Uh, and I kept some and then decided I wanted to sell the rest. And I went, I've got a modded Famicom that I should sell as well. And my modded Famicom is a, um, which is basically the original NES with uh, controllers that come out the back. I modded my Famicom so the controllers come out the front and it has AV 
audiovisual rather than RF radio frequency coming out the back. And I went, I wonder if this still works. And I plugged it in and then smoke started pouring out of it. <laughs> Turns out I was using the wrong AC adapter because I'm an idiot. Uh, so my whole plan of selling a whole bunch of Famicom games with a modded Famicom kind of came to a screeching halt. I was, and I can't really figure out what I've done wrong. And I probably don't care for the best part. I did sell a virtual boy because I had two virtual boys and I repaired one and I went, you don't really need two virtual boys. Nobody does. And I sold it for like 300 bucks with like nice. a couple of doubles that I had. So I'm kind of glad because I feel like it is a bit insane to have two virtual It is. Like the, the, the one that I had and repaired didn't never work so well. I kept having to repair it. Um, so like I got rid of it and good riddance. It's gone. I got some money. Good, good for me. <laughs> it definitely cursed artifacts, those things. Yeah, it. Yeah, if they work, you're cursed. If they don't work, you're also cursed. Good, good for you. <laughs> um, honestly, like <clears throat> I've just been kind of doing a whole bunch of uh, wetting my whistle, so to speak. Like just playing a whole bunch of games and like going, "Oh, this is fun. This is fun. This is fun," but not really sticking with anything. Mm. I went through a phase of playing a whole bunch of Japanese PS One games. Um, the the two games that I really focused on was uh, Metal Slug X, which is like Metal Slug Five. So great, yeah. It, it's a good game, but when you play it by yourself, and then you play it for like a couple of levels, even if you have infinite credits, you kind of get bored of it. I feel like, is that the one where you go to Egypt? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's Egypt. not my favorite. It's not my favorite Metal Slug. It's a good one, but. Uh, it, the Egypt, those levels are not great. Like the first, the first and second game, I think have better levels. Um, but Look, you know, hey, honestly, just... I think there was a bit of Metal Slug fatigue by this stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we played a lot of Metal Slug. I finished a lot of Metal Slug games after like a lot of super sessions where you mm. have like infinite credits. Yeah. And then after you play these games, they're all pretty much the same. They're pretty same. And same they're not bad games, but in the year 2021, you kind of go, wow, I used to have such memory, good memories of Metal Slug games, but then I play them now and they're like, okay, and kind of fun for about 15 minutes. And then you just kind of get bored of them. They're repetitive and like you die a lot. Um, yeah, but, you know, they are quite. There's something about the art style and the whole vibe of the games that's really great. Uh, it is. Like the the vibe, and if you are playing, and this is the trick to a lot of the Metal Slug games, if you are playing with someone else, like a player two, mm. those games become like six times better. Yeah. Playing by yourself is just not as much fun. Playing with someone else where you can talk to and have a drink and and like play with and who can back you up and stuff like that. That becomes so much more fun playing by yourself. Eh, yeah. Not, not as much fun as you'd think. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I do. I do just love the fake Germans in that game. Like the, <laughs> the antics of the, of the fake like German, like I don't know what they call it, the, the little nation that they're, they're meant to be. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Yeah. They're running around yeah. This is basically an X, which is meant to obviously be the Nazi party. It, seem, it seems funny to like 
it seems questionable in some ways to like turn them into like cartoony like wacky characters but watching them like panic and freak out as you murder them all is one of the best things about the game like the, the yeah. cartoonish graphics and the way that they like respond to your um your rampage <laughs> Look, that was that was like that was great entertainment you know yeah. and i'm not saying that in 2021 is not great entertainment it's just a bit samey yeah once you've seen it once you've seen it a thousand you, 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 know, you know what you're getting yeah the other ps1 game i played was <clears throat> uh goemon oh which, okay. was, a, which was like a, a a ps1 exclusive in japan platformer like goemon like if you remember the original like uh, N64 and also I think the Super NES, like Goemon was this kind of this uncool Japanese guy who was like top down and then you'd go and do like some 2D stages with and he'd have a pipe and stuff like that and, he, and that's how he'd whack enemies. In this one, it's just like, it's a complete platformer. It's very reminiscent of Mega Man X. Okay. Like with with cars and highways and stuff like that and shops you can buy things from. Okay, uh, and it's a pretty good game. Like it's very difficult, uh, but I did have a lot of fun playing with with this game. I'm glad I got it. Nice. Uh, I've been sticking with it for a little while. It's it's fun, but it's also really not sticking me as much as much as I'd like to. Unfortunately, sure. Um, I that, do like the platform with shops is always one of my favorite. Game yeah, yeah. I mean, you're an Alex Kid fan, so what can you say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get a platform, but give um, a menu, a menu system. <laughs> look, honestly, I've been playing so many games, I can't really pin it down. Like, I've, I've, I've been charging a lot of my handhelds and then playing them, and then they get discharged. I was like, I need to go back to my handhelds because yeah. I'm a big handheld fan. And then, where are my glasses? I can't find my glasses. Lockdown <laughs> is really weird and it hasn't been good on me. Um, but the one game I have been playing that has come out lately is Wario. Oh, okay. Um, WarioWare Get It Together uh, is the latest WarioWare game for the Switch. Nice. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. I have been having... I've, I've pretty much finished, and I finished it in one night, uh, the basic first player story levels. Like basically the first player story. Uh, and this one is... You play the same micro games. However, this time every character you pick, and you can usually pick between like you can have three on your team or four of your team out of about like a dozen uh, uh, characters who all have different attributes. So you can have one that might fly around and like shoot bullets in the direction you're flying. You might have one guy that's stuck on the ground and can go back and forth and then shoot. Uh, and they all kind of are different characters and one has a jetpack, like Wario has a jetpack and you have to kind of like move slowly in the way that he's pointing and stuff like that. Hmm. So it's it, it's a fun game. I'm, I've really enjoyed this game so far, but it does take a little bit of effort to get into it in the first place. Okay, cool. Uh, so I've, I've really been enjoying that. I want to play it with Maria after I've kind of unlocked everything. I'm just finishing off like you, you complete the, the 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 first story mode and then it goes oh hang on a minute there is more story mode to go like there's like these harder levels like with three other people that you need to go rescue and that's like that's fine that's good that gives me more to do in lockdown uh, cool. but 
uh, what I will say is that you should not, and I personally cannot play Wario while I've had a couple of drinks. It's too difficult. It's too difficult because you need absolute concentration. You need to know which character you're playing, what their abilities are, and you need to know what the game is in like half a second. Yeah. And if I've had a couple of drinks, I'm going to go, because you think think that WarioWare would be fun for that game, like would be fun when you're a little bit drunk, but it's not because it's really difficult. Like there are some games where you you're teetering on the edge of between like sober and tipsy and drunk and you kind yeah. of go oh, I can get this but this is not one spot. of those games yeah yeah there's yeah. there's no sweet spot here you just need to be stone cold sober you need to be on your game to play Mario <laughs> it's a serious playing WarioWare is serious business you know it really is in this case <clears throat> but I do like the game and I do recommend it so Ooh. I've um. I've been thinking and we've been out with May recently as well. Uh, May has been doing well in lockdown uh, for as best as she can, being separated from school and her friends and yeah, stuck inside with us all day. Like, it's really hard for the little ones who are really learning to socialise right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough uh, and there's it's such nothing a crucial... you can really do about it. You know, it's like we have to stay indoors. So watch. She got into play school recently, which is good because she was never into play school before. Oh, good. Yeah. But she's watched most of the episodes now and play school has been going on <laughs> for like years. So that's also a worry. Yeah. Get on to Mr. Swiggle next. Oh, I. it's difficult, but I do have some VHS of Mr. Squiggle. I feel like there ought to be an archive. Anyway. That's a bit of a, a topic for another day. <laughs> yeah, we should we should totally do a Mr. Squiggle episode. So, okay, that's that's me done. Um, I, I was quite. I tried to be as quick as I could there. Oh, you're right. Sorry, I feel like we just talked so much at the start. No, no, it's it's okay. Like like Joe left, and then it was like oh. The oh, other thing I will. I'm say sorry. I, I feel sorry. I don't know. I've deprived you of Joe. Yeah. No, it's, it's just funny. It's like I've talked about Katamari, so I'm going to go off now with the dog. Actually, I don't know why I'm trying to make her sound like the queen. The dog is still here. But no, I can't see a dog there. So. There's no dog there. That, that's just that's a chicken. You've got a chicken there. <laughs> it's just a big, a big tempura chicken. A big chicken that she's fooled you. Um, yeah. I've, no. I've been getting really into watches recently. I've always been into watches, but I've just been like I've been ordering watches and like changing their bands and bracelets and oh. <clears throat> I've got I've got this watch recently, which is a almost like a, an eighties style Benrus. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a, a black dial with like gold edging and everything like that, uh, and it's got a diamond in the center mm-hmm. or like at the top. Fancy. It's probably not a real diamond, but I don't care because I got it for twenty five bucks. And yeah, I've got like a nineteen forties tank watch as well. Oh wow. Um, like a gold-filled tank watch. So I've been getting all these watches and shit like that because, like, I just want projects to work on and, like, but yeah. Australia Post has been really slow and I've been watching all these watch videos. I was like, I really want to get into the world of watches and I want to talk to people about watches. Then I go, nobody else really around me likes watches and I just kind of look like a freak. <laughs> but it's all good. 
Don't know that stop you. Just be the freak that you are. You know, that's what I, I, I am. I, I think I, I just kind of hit a brick wall where it's like I've got I've got like dozens of watches and I kind of like wear a different one every day. And I really like this watch this day and this watch the other day. And it's like, oh, this watch is really good. And but like nobody cares. <laughs> I'm basically well, talking to myself in the mirror. Look, as someone who's into like a lot of fucking obscure shit. Like I feel, I know what you feel. Like, like I, I play this, I play Crusader, Crusader Kings all night, and I'm like, all this crazy shit has happened. I have murdered my fucking brother, and I'm fucking my cousin, and I'm like, and I, I like <laughs> all this, all this crazy shit. And I'm like, who am I gonna Friday night at Robbie's house? Who am I gonna like? Who can I talk to about this? No one. But you know what? That's okay. Yeah, I mean, if you talk to <laughs> Joe about it, she's like, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. Wait, you had an affair? What? Yeah, she's like. Are you, cheating, are you cheating on me in a video game? I'm like, no, I'm cheating on someone else in a video game. So that's even worse. <laughs> You're double cheating. <laughs> Triple cheating if you count the cousin. Oh man. Yeah. It's a whole mess. All right. Let, let's um we're What's getting along in the tooth. So let's land this let's ship. get on to the um the quiz. Sorry, see, I have got a quiz for you. Okay, awesome. <clears throat> Looking forward to it. And it is it is an oldie but a goodie. It is uh, Simpsons or Sim City making its making its comeback um, after a um. little bit of a hiatus. Uh, so let's do it. Ten questions. The way this game works for those who haven't for those who haven't heard the podcast before, I pity you. Um, but uh, you basically get to say which came first, a historical event or a video game, and if you're right, you get points. So, yeah, this is this is a classic Rob game, which um, <laughs> and um, as usual, most of very these... proud of, and I'm very proud of as well. But I can never remember actually which one came first, Simpsons or SimCity. But um, I'm I'm going to keep score. It depends whether you count Tracy Ullman's show as SimCity or not, as Simpsons or not. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think it doesn't count. That's just me. Uh. uh all right, question number one. Which came first, AC? Uh, the Watergate scandal or Space Invaders? The Watergate scandal. Correct. Uh, yes, that was actually six years six years before Space Invaders. Yeah. So that was... Um, that one was pretty easy for me. That was an easy one. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Carter was like president when Space Invaders was... That's right. That's right. That was late 70s. 78 Space yeah. Invaders. 72 was yeah. what we get. Um, all right, which came first? Uh, your hero and mine, Cool Spot, um, from the um, the video game franchise, what was trying to sell you 7-Up? Um, <laughs> or, the, or the Gulf War, the Operation Desert Storm, the first one. Ooh, Gulf War was 90, I want to say, or 91. Hmm. Uh, uh the game or the character uh the game in this case okay golf war came first yes that's correct yes cool spot was 93 the first cool spot game and it wasn't bad it was like better than it should have been (laughs) it's not a great game but when we were horribly drunk and playing like a whole bunch of like really weird mascot games and drinking vodka and yeah. milk out of bowls. It didn't seem that bad. It didn't seem that bad after the vodka cereal. Um, question number three. Which came first? The TV series Cheers 
uh, or Donkey Kong? Uh, Donkey Kong came first, I want to... Oh, oh, no, wait, actually. That's close. Or is it? Donkey Kong was 81. Cheers, I never had an affinity for, and it's kind of lame. This is tricky for me. Um, I'm going to say Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong came first. Uh, actually, uh, it was Donkey Kong. Yes, you're right. A- uh, 81. Oh. Uh, cheers, 82. Oh, so, wow. Okay. That's how old Donkey Kong is. That it was before that fucking old ass show. Cheers. Yeah, I, I got I got Donkey <laughs> Kong. I just couldn't pick Cheers out of a fucking lineup. Honestly, yeah, I never really thought Cheers was that great a show. No, it was kind of... it's kind of a shitty, shitty show. I, I never liked it personally. No, um, not very good. Maybe there's something about it that's really great that I don't know. It spawned no. the career of Kelsey Grammer, so we can thank it. We can thank Cheers for that. <laughs> um, cheers to that. Yeah. <laughs> Question number four. Uh, the film career of Steve Martin. That's the actor Steve Martin. Film career. Yeah, I know right? Steve. Not film career. Not, not if he was on SNL film. or some shit before. I don't know. But film career. Yeah. Of what perpetually white haired actor Steve Martin or Hubert, the arcade game Hubert. That's tricky. Uh... Okay, I'll make it easy for you. His yep. first movie was The Jerk. So which came out first, The Jerk or Cubert? Cubert. Uh, no, Cubert 82. The Jerk 79. Surprise. 79? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Really? I would not have picked that. Yeah. I, I always I think of The Jerk have... as like an 80s movie. But yeah, me not. too. Like, I, I think of like Roseanne or Roseanne or what it's called in like LA Story. Yeah. Kind of like late, mid to late 80s, early 90s sort of films. But no, okay. Cool. There you go. Pop that so, one on the chin. Uh, so question five, which came first, the Beijing Olympics. This is more recent. The Beijing Olympics or Call of Duty Black Ops. Oh, shit. I think I know more about fucking uh, Beijing Olympics in 2004. Was that 2008? Oh, God. Uh, Okay. I don't know anything about anything ever. Uh, I'm going to say Black Ops. Uh, Beijing Olympics came first, 2008. Uh, Black Ops is 2010. Really? Yeah. Okay. So currently it's... Three points to me, two points to you. Okay. All right. Question number six, AC. Oops. Sorry, I've lost my notes. Let me just find those. One second. Stalling for time. Stalling for time. Here we go. All right. Question number six. Number six. Uh, Which came first? The Arab Spring or... Diablo 3. Arab Diablo Spring. 3. Arab Spring. I'm going to say Arab Spring. The Arab Spring did come first. December 2010. Uh, Diablo 3 was 2012. So I remember that because I just come back to Australia and this whole big thing was happening. I was like, going, oh my God, this is so cool. And, and then it just like some were, were in the spring and then 
Mm-hmm. Others had a bit more trouble with the spring. Yeah, there you go. That was a crazy time, exciting time. Uh, yeah, it was. There you go. Question seven AC, which came okay. first, the iPhone or the PlayStation Three? Oh, that is tricky. Uh, this is very tricky for me because I was in Japan at the time and I remember seeing the um, the unveil of the iPhone. Mm. And there was a big, a lot of talk about the PS3 at the time. Uh, because it had Blu-ray, but like nobody cared about Blu-ray as much as you'd think they'd care about Blu-ray in the way that they cared about DVD. Because you know, it's a complicated story, but in I'm going to have to guess. I'm going to say <laughs> iPhone. I'm going to tell you it's close, but it was the PlayStation Three in November 2006. Mm-hmm. The Ooh. iPhone in June 2007. So very wow. close, very close by. So I'm not surprised that you were, um, you found yeah, it. Yeah, right. th- that part of my life was just awash with. I was actually doing a comic strip at the time called Torture Hammock. Oh, God. And I remember doing, <laughs> yeah. I remember doing a, a comic about that, about the uh, like. Steve Jobs came out with the iPhone and he was like, here's an iPhone. And then like Sony were coming out like going, oh, look at all um, half naked dancers. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then like the the iPhone ended up winning. It was a, it was a bizarre time. There you go. On to question 8AC, we're, the, we're coming down to the, the final leg or something. Um, the dot-com crash the dot-com crash, or Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. So that's not the first Sol- one. The original one. Metal Solid Gear, okay, is the Metal one that Gear came Solid. out on the PS1. The, the one that got yep. really popular. Metal Gear Solid, 100%. Yeah, that's right. 98. Metal yep. Gear Solid. 98 was before the dot-com crash. It was before... Yes, it was. Yeah, it's a 90s game. Which is funny, because I often think of it as like a 2000s game for some reason. But... I always thought of it as like a late 90s, like this is the last of the 90s. Like this is this is like our yeah. like our swan song of 90s video games is Metal Gear Solid 1. It's a really good game. I really, I don't, it's not a perfect game at all, but I really enjoyed that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, question number nine. Uh, the Live Aid charity concert, the first one, or the Sega Mark III? Uh... Hang on. Uh, or the Mark III. Yeah. Okay, Live Aid. Live Aid came first. Uh, that is correct. Live Aid was July 85. The Mark III was October 85. Yeah. So very close, actually. Very, very close. close, but I had just happened to know that one because I, I'm just a big fan of Queen. So <laughs> my, my dates there are pretty solid. All right. And question number 10. Which came first, the introduction of the GST in Australia or Mortal Kombat 3? Oh, 10% of my balls hurt. <laughs> the GST was actually quite a, a big 
um, event, I suppose, in, in terms of policy back in the late 90s. I, I believe it was 98 or 99 uh-huh. uh, that the GST came in. As for Mortal Kombat 3, they came out in pretty rapid succession, but there was more of a gap between 2 and 3, so that makes things a little bit difficult. I reckon these ones are going to be close. Mm. Uh, but I reckon Mortal Kombat GST edged them out. I'm going to say GST. I'm going to tell you that Mortal Kombat 3 came out in 1995. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, the the 90s in my brain are obviously so compressed. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, like, I'm a little bit surprised, too, because I thought it would have been, like, later than that. But I would have thought it was like the year 2000. Obviously, like they're up to like five or six by then. Games came out a lot quicker back in the 90s, you know, like they would put out 90, they would put out Mortal Kombat 1 in one year and then Mortal Kombat 2 in like the next year kind of thing. I think because in Australia, we didn't get things for like a year or two after they came out, or at least until a year or two after they'd achieved some sort of popularity in other countries that we, it would achieve popularity in ours. Yeah. Uh, that explains it. But at the end of the day, we have Rob on four points and AC on six points. So I am indeed the winner. Close one, but I'm glad. I, I'm glad that it was a little bit challenging. That's the good news. Uh, all right. Well, that's been fun, and uh, I think that brings that brings our our podcast to a close. But it's been delightful. It's been a, it's been a treat. It has been a treat, yeah. We've we've recorded this off-site over two different yeah. places. Yeah, I really hope this recording fucking works. Uh, yeah, it would be a bit of a shame if it doesn't. I don't really want to repeat any of this. Really. No. <laughs> uh, so maybe we'll sign off now. But it's been a treat, and hope you enjoy listening, um, catching up with us in lockdown. And um, hopefully next time we record, we'll be back in person. But who knows? If needs be, we will we will do it again online. Because we are nothing if not troopers. So. Look, if, if you want, if you want us to do another online show, just send a hundred dollars care of Andrew <coughs> AC at my address. <laughs> we'll do another one. I'll bribe Rob to do it. It will be less than a hundred dollars, though. I guarantee you that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you.